For the second episode of the Amalgam Podcast, I'm bringing you Jason Clergit from Propaganda Creative. Jason is a managing partner, and he's also one of the original founders. Jason has a wealth of experience when it comes to design and marketing, but he also has a few ventures that we talk about when it comes to being an entrepreneur. We recorded our episode at the Propaganda headquarters that they share with HDG Architecture. I really hope you enjoy the second episode of the podcast. We had a lot of fun recording this. And please give us a follow, a like, and a share. Subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Thank you guys. Enjoy the episode. All right, I'm going to kick this sucker off. All right, I'm joined now on the podcast with my friend and creative and entrepreneur. He covers every category of what we're looking for in this podcast. Jason Clergit, he's a managing partner and founder of Propaganda Creative. What's up, Jason? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell everybody what Propaganda Creative does? Right, so Propaganda Creative is a full-service design firm. We do everything from uh, rebranding or creating brands to uh, advertising those brands, web design, uh, mostly we're kind of a one-stop shop for businesses that need design and, and marketing work. Mm-hmm. Complete package. Yep. If you guys are in the Spokane area, um, I've seen pictures and stuff, and you should give Propaganda Creative a follow at uh, NW Propaganda, right? At NW Propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the gram, uh, because their their new office that they share with HDG um, Architecture Firm is amazing. Jason was walking me around, showing me the different things they got. Uh, they got a nap room upstairs, and, and one of the really cool parts is the variety of all the textures, all the materials, and he was explaining that that's almost like a living catalog. It's their it's their workspace, but it's also how they can get the client to kind of look and feel and touch everything. So it's they've got some, some funky stuff, and they got some really interesting stuff, so check them out for yeah, sure. Yeah, we moved, we moved over from a place that was about, I want to say, like a quarter of the space that mm-hmm. we have now, and we just outgrew it, and we we were to the point where we were sitting three feet apart from each other, cubicle style. It wasn't real conducive to any kind of creative behavior. And so when we decided to move, you know, it was, it was like, all right, let's, let's get everything we want out of this. Like, what are the things like, Oh, we need a place to take photography or, Hey, we need a place where people can break out and just hang out. Like we're always at the other spot. We were always fighting over conference rooms. You know, Uh, we need a place where, you know, you can just, ditch out for 20 minutes and like re you know kind of recalibrate you know we pretty much hit everything on the list the one thing that's nice about having architects that so heg and and propaganda have a partnership um it was kind of a strategic move in the beginning because we were doing so much work for them that it just it made a lot of sense if you think about how most design firms go out and get their work they usually have like a salesperson or through referrals Mm -hmm. from previous clients or whatever yep word now what's nice with hdg is you know once they break ground on a project like a restaurant Mm -hmm. like that restaurant needs a website it needs a brand and so they're able to almost just say like well we have this full service firm that just happens to be you know in the in house with us it's genius really right and so it's just a kind of a strategic move where instead of like being down at the end of the river trying to fish we're like up at the dam yeah just yarding them out oh yeah yeah, for sure and so it's a perfect model now it's only about 20 percent of our total work okay but in the beginning it was like 
90 percent yeah you know? naturally and then as you get more of a body of work and you get more um, just expanding the network right prolific like you start like new clients start sticking around the edges now you know because you're known but in the beginning it was a nice way to get like a feeder let's uh dive in real qu- real quick to your education and you went to Eastern Washington University. Yeah. You graduated from there. Yeah. But didn't you also mention you also were on the West Side for school yeah. as well? Yeah. So, so it's kind of a meandering path, right? Like Who uh, doesn't, though? <laughs> yeah. Like, I went to a pretty cool high school. Actually, didn't graduate from there. I was in advanced placement. And so I moved to... I wanted to be, like, a comic book artist when I was younger. Nice. So the, the fast track to that was, like, get out of high school went to community college, um, finished up my graduate requirements, and then I went directly to the Art Institute of Seattle, and I did that for a year, okay. and then dropped out of that, <laughs> uh, just simply because I was working full-time. It was, you know, I'm, I'm working full-time, I'm like 18 years old, trying to like a lot. do a full load, and the, and the way that those, those technical colleges are set up, it's five classes a week, like in a quarter, and it's four hours a day in the class and four hours of like work like studio time yeah and so you literally had like you had a week on deadlines and like the projects are super extensive and this is back before photoshop i mean you know we're yeah. like using rapidiographs and like what's uh just for everybody else myself included what's a rapidiograph <laughs> it's like a little uh you know like a, a pen that you actually add the ink to it's like a fountain okay. pen but like a like a one that an engineer would use um, okay. okay so like a lot of the line work you see done in comic books where they do the cross hatching, okay. those were done with rapidiographs back in the day. So you'd had that, you had this little box, and you roll out the set, you know. It was yeah, like, it was a ceremony. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, for sure. And so it was that, or you, you know, you use pastels or markers or whatever, depending on whatever it was. And Photoshop was around, but it was like they had a computer lab and it had like four computers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was like woohoo, you know. Yeah. And, um, and they were the big bubble Macs. You the know, colored ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Bounced from that and was like, okay, I got to get a job, a good job. And I kind of, I ended up getting really lucky in the sense that I, I found my dad was a heavy equipment operator. Okay. So as a kid, like I knew how to like, you know, he'd bring home an excavator and we'd go push over trees in the backyard That's or whatever, awesome. you know, so I, I knew how to run heavy equipment. So I kind of got my foot in the door doing that and then just kind of worked my way up to where I was making really good money doing heavy equipment operating and whatnot. And then basically I was 26. My dad was only like 20 years older than me and he was pretty broken down. And he, I saw myself like in him, like where I was in 20 years. I mean, and so uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. So I went to Eastern Washington University And going back to school when you're 26 is like the best. Yeah, I bet. Because like you're just like you know way more. Yeah. Then and and you have context for everything. So if you're taking a class, you you know you're like, oh, that's why that's that way. You know, and and you you can apply it to like these pieces of your life that you've already lived. You know. And so I had already lived 10 years of life outside of high school or whatever, and so I ended up becoming. Uh, student body president at Eastern and uh, did that and then uh, finished out and got a degree. Uh, I, I went in there original for like mechanical engineering and industrial design. Okay. And it just got super math heavy. Yeah. And I and I had been out of school for 10 years and I wasn't awesome at math yeah. 10 years before. You yeah. Know? And so I was like, 
I ended up getting a marketing degree because it kind of was the best mesh of like business and art in my mind at the time. Yeah. And then like I walked into my marketing capstone class and looked around and it was just really, really put together dudes and really, really good looking girls. And I was like, I'm never going to get a job. (laughs) Like they're going to hire all these people before they ever hire me. They're young, they're attractive, they're willing to take less money. (laughs) And so uh, I ended up getting a minor in statistics. Cool. To like give myself some weight, you know, and say, oh yeah, I'm not just an artist or I'm not just a marketing guy. I actually can do like analytical. That's a good, that's a good strategy for sure. Yeah. So I kind of gave myself a, you know, a background Uh, and it was interesting. That kind of math is cool because you can, it's like it, it comes back to like, oh, this is the reason why, or Mm -hmm. statistically, this is something that we can prove. Mm -hmm. And that is a little bit more brick and mortar for me than like, you know, some kind of Pythagorean theorem or, right. you know, where like it's real Trig nebulous. And all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're graphing different, uh, you yeah. know, X and like, Y. What am I using like... this for? I'm not going to be a submarine pilot, you know? Right. Well, yeah. and that's, you know, you either can, like, you can either rattle off that kind of stuff in your head or you have to use a book of paper to do it. Right. And if you need the paper, you're probably not going to be the best at what that job requires right. that needs that level of thinker so it's worth statistics i definitely agree with you on that i always like stats yeah. and um you, you can you, like you're talking about context and everything you can you can apply it you yeah. know whereas you know calculus um or even pre-calc kind of like like I, did, I had a business course and we were doing the elasticity of demand it was for yeah economics and it's just this page long you know, you do a sub equation to get an input and then you bring it down here <clears throat> and you're you're trying to figure out at the end you write those statements like this is the the demand is elastic. <laughs> right. And it was like this is so specific. This is such a specific way to teach someone how to do calculus. Like, right. So uh we're back at we're back at Eastern mm-hmm. and when did and maybe this is too far ahead, but when did you start running the basement bar over yeah. there? Yeah, so over many evenings in, in the little, the, the town, Eastern Washington University uh, uh, is in, it's not such a little town now, but it was a little town when I was going to school there. And over many evenings of like nothing to do, I bet you all these college kids would quit driving down to Spokane, which is unsafe anyway. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, if you just go get blacked out and then try to drive back to Cheney, you know, or whatever so this was pre-uber you okay. know you yeah. had a Spokane cab you know you just wait out front for four hours and no one ever shows up dude yeah, yeah. it was so confusing to order a cab before yeah. these yeah so I just I saw an, uh, a need and a demand and you kind of daydream about that stuff and then at some point a building downtown in Cheney uh, came up for sale and I happened to be working at the time I was working for the vice president the vice president uh, Eastern while I was going to school and I told him I'm like hey man here's what I think and he thought it was a solid idea I was like I'm gonna go down there we'll build a you know kind of a nice place where you know for a younger crowd we're gonna do all these things you know you kind of when you have your first business plan you're mm-hmm. like you know whether the beer is gonna flow like this and you're gonna do this you know and uh, what ends up really happening to make money might be a little different you know <laughs> yeah. but in the end he, he, you know, he sold off on it. So he bought the building and, uh, I slept in the basement of that spot. Mm. 
for like three months, and I think it took me six months to build it out total. To launch, you get it ready to launch. Yeah, and everything. yeah. Dang. So I L- built literally living. I spent like all every every dollar I made like went to like a two by four. Mm. or screws or drywall or whatever I needed to like yeah, build this thing. Home Depot run. And it literally, if you had a time lapse, it would be super cool because you would just oh. see the bar get built around where I was sleeping, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then just, you know, uh, hope and a prayer and opened it up and like, it just went bananas, you know? I mean, just everybody came down and um, that's awesome yeah. it, they were waiting for it weren't yeah, they yeah it just it just opened the door what you find out real quick is it's you know if you want to you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna open a bar and make money mm-hmm. and it's like there's way better ways to make money than yeah. opening a bar but like you see it when you go out and you're like look at all the money they're just throwing at this place but you don't realize all the cost when you're young you know you no. don't realize all the costs and inputs that are associated with it so we i ran that for like four or five years where I was there and then I started kind of realizing because the one thing that I learned from that is when you start a business you need an exit strategy like day one you should be thinking like where's the door okay so I can sell this thing or because either you may find that you don't want to do it for the rest of your life or you may find that um, you have other interests Mm -hmm. you know and if you're like me I'm good for three or four years doing something. And then I have to find something really cool, different in what I'm doing, like another piece of the business. Okay. Uh, Or I got to move on. Mm -hmm. And with the basement, there's only one thing you can do. You know, you can serve drinks or check IDs. So, I mean, I guess there's two (laughs) things there, you know? And uh, so I sold it. uh, I sold it once uh, and the guy failed. I took it back, ramped it back up. And that was the other thing I found that like, look, if you just add solid business principles to mm-hmm. any business, you're, you're probably going to be okay. okay. You know, you're going to be able to pay yourself and, you know, and, and you might, you might not get rich cause you picked the wrong business. Right. But you're going to be fine. Yeah. And, the and, patience is there. Yeah. And like most people that look to acquire a bar, uh, not most people, but a lot of people out there that they're like, Hey, I'm, I want to buy your bar. They're not getting into it because, you know, they, they want a solid business. They're, they they like to drink or they see all the girls and they're like, oh, like I want to, if I was the owner. Oh, <laughs> you know? gosh, yeah. And so, like, they have these thoughts and so, and then they, you know, the the habit for a month and they're out of money and out of alcohol, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. so, so I've, I've, I had it back once, built it up sold it again so like over an eight-year period Mm -hmm. sold it twice that's awesome though yeah i mean you know successful two times every couple years sell a bar you know (laughs) yes that easy but i mean the thing is is that like i never wanted to be doing that forever you know and and i real quickly saw the writing on the wall like oh this is like this is like you could it's a life ruiner (laughs) yeah oh man yeah Yeah. i mean i'm not gonna lie you know down in pullman there's a bar too where you yeah. see people hanging around and you're like kid okay, sure this is fun for a while but right. you're past your pride yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the uh uh what's interesting is that parlayed really nicely though so what into propaganda creative and the kind of the genesis of that was while i had the basement uh was the creation of myspace 
and the creation of Facebook. And mm -hmm. so we, before there was any of this Facebook for business or mm -hmm. MySpace where you could pay for things, um, we went and started using it as an advertising tool because it was a really easy way to directly talk to. And there was no algorithm like funneling your post anywhere. It was like if you had a thousand friends and you posted something, all 1,000 yeah, of them saw it. They saw it. Yeah. yeah. And so I saw that as a business tool and uh, was like, this is the move. Like, I guarantee there's other uh, restaurants, other bars, other places that could use this service. And, and so we're talking like 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I didn't have was the mechanism to go sell that. Okay. I didn't know how to like, like a package what to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, you know, Hey, like I didn't want to go door to door yeah. business to business in that way. And so I met uh, a guy named Eric Clamper who helped co-found this company. He's okay. no longer with us, but he helped co-found it. Cool. Found it. Uh, at the time he owned Spokane Metro magazine and he had started this magazine. It didn't work out because magazines are tough. Publishing's tough. You know, you're always I, like chasing I can't a story. Imagine, dude, nightmare. You know, yeah. Um, and he handled it really well. But what I really saw with Eric's a super cool guy. So it was like, oh, cool, somebody that I can share this with. But also, Eric uh, had all of these contacts that he had been selling magazine ads to. And I'm like, look, this Facebook stuff works twice as good, mm -hmm. and we can charge him like half as much mm -hmm. as you would for like a full page ad or whatever. And it's right. an easy sell. So he kind of took that client list and, and just started like going out and going, Hey, we got this new thing. Yeah, turn them yeah that magazine stuff's yesterday, <laughs> you know. And and so I, there's people out there who are like, Great, you know, they work in the mail, but but. You know, it worked. We got, yeah. I mean, in the beginning it was tough. Like we, you know, it'd be like, yeah, we'll do it for 300 bucks a month and a hundred dollars worth of food. You know, <laughs> like we, we had no money, you know? Yeah. And then as time went on, uh, we knew how to more appropriately charge for our services. Facebook started integrating some tools that were like now for business. Okay. And then we get people coming going, Hey, we love what you do. The design you did on Facebook. Could you redo our logo? You know, or could you redo our website? Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're starting a business, just the answer is yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes. Like, no, hey, can no you walk my dog? Sure. <laughs> you know, exactly. like whatever, you know, Oh yeah. I got to keep steaks in the fridge. So we, uh, we ended up acquiring and hiring other creatives that could do those things, mm -hmm. you know, that were right out of school. So, you know, they were, they were affordable to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were willing to, you know, bootstrap it with you. Oh yeah. And, uh, it worked out good. And now, you know, we got six designers up there, two of them, we've made partners mm -hmm. over time. Cause they've just, the, the, the value has been so high that you just, you can't, afford to lose them in your mind right you know absolutely so, and and that's another you know talk about you know when we're talking exit strategy yeah. it's nice to have some people sharing it with you so right. that, you know someday i mean uh, far down the road but if you want to retire it's not like the whole thing just dies because yeah. you left you know oh exactly it has some sort of legacy attached to it yeah and then the next generation gets groomed you yeah. know um in yeah. in the the culture which is something I really like about Propaganda Creative is the office here. You guys are very, the culture here is very 
it's not just inspirational. It's not just motivating. It's, you know, like it's, it's, it look inward and challenge yourself. You can do it and you have what, you know, just put in the time, put in the work. And that's, I think that's an incredible culture to generate with your company and then to bring in new partners and build that next generation. That's awesome. Right, right. Real quick before we move on to the now, when you mentioned, you know, early 2000s and the transition now with social media and the and you the example of magazine ads being changed over to Facebook ads, what has persevered in that time? What sort of stuff did you use as like a resource back then that you might still now? Obviously, we, you know, we run the Adobe suite. Yeah. Um, we've watched, uh, I've watched personally trends come and go, you know, when mm-hmm. there were, you know, kind of, you go from like a Gen X style to like, you know, more hipster style yeah. to, you know, you see these kind of waves of like, yeah. uh, you know, everything needs to be handmade and craft. And then, you know, yeah. then, you then know. it's rustic or it's, you know, right. Right. Texture and so it's, it's always kind of moving the internet itself has always been you know design blogs and, and yeah. things where you can go and just kind of collaborate and see what other people are doing yeah what's nice about the setup we have here is that everybody kind of has their own strength mm-hmm. uh like you know Brittany, one of the partners who you know started as a designer here she has a lot she's really good with i mean she's good at everything but like her specialty i would say is in hand designed very unique pieces you know Mm -hmm. whether it be calligraphy or you know an illustration that is really really just you know her talent and the desire for that type of thing crossed Mm -hmm. intersect at the perfect time nice and so however she's been here long enough that she's had to cross train. So I would say like all of her skills are really good. That's just like her specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have my specialties, Kyle has his. And so a lot of times when we're kind of deciding what we're going to do for this brand or what we kind of, uh, my job as a managing partner is mm-hmm. directing the proper client to the proper creative okay and going okay like this feels like something for kyle or this feels like something for Brittany, or i think there's a piece of this that kyle can do and i think you know and and Mm -hmm. and that's kind of my role now like it's very less you know it's less design now Mm -hmm. um and more air traffic control (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) you know oh yeah yeah so you guys and i i wanted to touch on process a little bit when a client comes in Mm -hmm. What's the process for that? Let's say I'm a client, I'm opening a restaurant, everything needs to be refreshed, so we'll go logo, menu, website. You know, what would be the first first yeah. few things you guys do? Uh, typically, it, it, it almost is like a funnel where, you know, it starts very precise and then works its way out into the entire company. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it might be where I go and meet with the person, see what they've got going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might take somebody with me. I might not mm-hmm. um, take photography and bring it back, and then kind of prep my team for like, okay, here's all the things I try. I try to really create an insulation because you know, anytime that you end up in a design by committee situation with your clients, you know, it's like that the analogy, like all the animals were created 
by God except for the platypus. It was like committee, like the angels did it. Right. And that's like, I, I think it should have a beak, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it should be a, you know, a, you know, have a pouch and, and lay eggs, you know? And so it ends up with this animal that's completely unrecognizable. Right. And so I try to insulate the designers and protect them a little bit and let them run a thread as okay. much as possible. So I go meet with them. I come back. I bring the information. Those guys kind of brainstorm the ideas. We do it collaboratively. We then pick, okay, I think this is like a, like this is a job for Isaac. Mm -hmm. Isaac starts on it. And then I set up another client meeting. Um, actually, step back. I also have done my best to try to create systems that, because the one thing about the creative process there's not a lot of systems mm -hmm. you know like it's it's yeah, hard no that, template for that there's that right and left brain that don't always talk to each other and so i've done a couple of different things to create systems where you know it's like an identity standards uh questionnaire like okay oh, that's nice you know you know do you like serif or sans serif and show examples mm -hmm. do you like a logo mark or do you want more of the title mm -hmm. and show kind of examples of things we've done you know what colors do you hate what yeah. colors do you love yeah uh, say five things you know give me five uh, descriptors about your business mm -hmm. you know just one word and then i take that and that's kind of the hot sheet that i put in front of the designer and say okay like, you know, before you go create, like, I want to see what you want to do, but once they've started, I'll give them that. And what I try to do is shape the, like, shape the design, but not control it, mm -hmm. you know? And then those guys have absolute autonomy. Like I tell them like, look, here's the deadline, you know, go with your bad self. And sometimes they're here all the time yeah. or sometimes, you know, they, they work on several different things that they're at the rate they can, as long as they hit that deadline mm -hmm. and kill it. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. And so that's great. Uh, but it's also hard for some people too. And so you got to kind of, everybody kind of has to get used to like, Oh, I'm alone now. You yeah, know, self-discipline. Like, yeah. It takes time, you know? Yeah. And sure. so the, the people with the, the, the creativity is important, but the people with the work ethic, those are the ones that like don't shake out because yeah. they'll put in the hours to figure it out yeah to learn because they yeah. don't you know it's not you just can't know everything there no you can't and if you're not and if you're afraid to i say this all the time if you're afraid to dive in because you don't know the software or whatever don't be just start googling your precise question right and start reading somebody else has had the same problem or tried to do the same thing yeah and it's those out are, there those are awesome resources um yeah and then the more of those that you go through you're forging this, you know, now it's like everybody knows the program. Right. You know, it's like, when's Jason going to come over and hand me the sheet that the client filled out? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and that's just one step, you know, but they're all independently. The, 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 the first time we present it, a lot of times we'll present, you know, three options. And the way that we do that is, okay, you know, and it's tough. We go back and forth about this a lot because it's like, well, it should just be one. If that's the right one, that's the right one. But people want to know that they're paying like they, a lot of people when they come and get a logo or a website, they equate like, you know, like it's digging a ditch. Like, you know, it took you four hours to dig the ditch. They don't think all the time in the background and, and whatnot that happens in the creative process. And so we usually give them three, three different versions and then they can look and, and kind of, 
yeah. pick and choose or, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's kind of the flexibility that we give them. Yeah. That's so, awesome. What's like a, a, an ultimate, not an ultimate, but what's a, a failure that you learned from in, in your past or running, running one of the businesses or yeah, any examples of that? You know, it's funny, like I've gotten really good at not thinking, of, I think a big part of like, you know, a moderate success is looking at your failures as l- learning opportunities, you know, I have to, and huh? it's like, all right, I just identified like another way that, that does not to do it. Yeah. You know, and like I'm narrowing it down. Yeah. And so, you know, everything I've done up to this point has been a failure in the sense that, you know, right. You uh, change something. Yeah. Something yeah. I had it. to change something I learned. I mean, and those things are what builds character and makes you, you know, kind of salty and tested mm-hmm. and know like with confidence mm-hmm. that you're right because you're like, I've done it wrong. Yeah. And so I know what's right. You know, I think I, what did I hear the other day? It was like, it's better to be like a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. <laughs> you know, it's better <laughs> to awesome. be like tested, yeah. you know, and be in an environment that's laid back right. versus like not knowing what not you're prepared, doing yeah. and being in New York, you know? Yeah. Dude, no, that, um, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the risk appetite for that. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. Like I, you know, I just, some people can take plunges. Starting this podcast was a plunge, but yeah. it was, I'm in control. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's at my pace, but sometimes um, that's my biggest fear is being somewhere up a creek without a paddle type thing. Yeah, I've always, uh, I've never, I've, you know, like you, you watch like monkeys swinging the trees and they're always like they grab one branch before they let go of the other one. Yeah. I've always, with a moderate amount of, uh, you know, research mm-hmm. have been the one that like, okay, I think I know enough and just do the jump, you know, to the next tree, like no, no soft release. Um, and what I found is that when I put the, myself in those situations, you swim fast, like okay. you learn, you know, yep. um, just like this. I mean, you probably, you know, fired it up and said, okay, I'm going to do this. And once you make that decision <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I always tell like 10 people, like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Because yeah. then like, it's almost like you're kind of holding it accountable. That's a good you know? That's a good strategy for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not a comfortable one. No. But it does hold you, it holds you to, okay, I just told all these people, you know, and, and unless I want to go, like, break all the mirrors in my house so I don't have to look at myself, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, then then I, I need to follow through with this and do it. Yeah, you know? that's a good, that's a good point. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah well, you... well, like when I built that bar, I mean, like I moved into the bar, yeah, like and started building it, and we told everyone, and it took way longer than we thought. So yeah, people were like, open? yeah, like gonna... people were like, oh, this is, you know, like sure you're gonna open a bar, and, you know? yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, and then like at some point you're like, all right, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. <laughs> you yeah, know? I'm gonna do it. That's you know? the grit. That's the grind. You know, and everybody's got it. It's just a matter of getting motivated. How do you set goals? You, you know, I used to be like, I would just see things I wanted and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to try to obtain that now. Like I'm, I'm pretty regimented in the sense that like I carry a notepad around, like, I mean, you know, at work or whatnot, or, you know, my phone now has notes on it or whatever. And I make like 
daily checklists of like things like I might be laying in bed and I'll be like, all right, tomorrow I need to do this and that. Mm -hmm. For one, it helps me go to sleep, so I'm not thinking about it all night. That's a good point. But also, something about that tactile, whether you're scratching it off with a pen, yes. or whether you're hitting a little, you know, uh, yeah, button, yeah. and it goes away. Yeah. it's There's something about that that feels like progress, because it is, you know. And so, those little micro rewards, mm -hmm. like, really help motivate me through the day, because you know, I'm not a master at what I do, but like I've seen a lot of different scenarios and I've had other business experience where there's very few things that are going to walk in the door that I'm going to be like, Oh, I don't know what to do, you know, okay. or I don't, I, I, I'm not confident enough to, to handle this, you know, because I've seen different variables. And so, uh, having those little, uh, you know, having those reminders throughout the day and, and, uh, notes, and checklists that I built for myself seem to be a really good motivator. And dude, honestly, when I walk in the door and people like everybody here, you know, we've been, I've been really careful about who we've hired mm -hmm. over time. Gotta be. And yeah, cause, and we've let some people go that, that weren't an awesome fit. It happens, you know, and what a, coming in though and seeing people do what they love and you know, it's no different than if you go watch somebody that's, you know, a violin maker, right? And you're watching them take and sand the wood and, and do all these things. Like that is like a skill that maybe I'll never be good at, but I can appreciate it. Right. You know, and it's, it's really, that's the one thing that's really cool about creatives is you get to watch conception to completion. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's not, you get to watch something just manifest out of air yeah, and with an idea yeah. and then become this package product. And here, um, at propaganda, there's no, I mean, at the end there's a package we're delivering mm -hmm. and like that has all their things, whatever that is, you know? Yeah. It's very much like a manufacturing it really facility. Is. Yeah. We're, that's all we're doing is like putting out like creative cogs at the end of the day, yeah. you know? Yeah. And everyone's a little different and everybody's, you know, the, the, you roll out the prints and like you got a different, you know, guy who runs this machine. Yeah. But it's, it's very much like that. Um, Except it's a little bit, it's it's definitely looser than like the Ford plant, you know, or whatever. Na yeah, naturally. But it is, but it is, it is, we are manufacturing. You know, the way I always describe it to people is design for me is the highest level of problem solving. Okay. All we're doing is the clients come to us with a problem. Like, mm -hmm. hey, nobody's coming to my restaurant mm -hmm. or no one knows about it yet because we, you know, are just opening. Or we... We don't like how our product looks next to the people that um, it sits next to on the shelf. Right. We want that problem solved. And then we go and we, you know, use our toolkits to approach solving that problem. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of design that from that light, and I talk to my clients a lot about it in that way, because it, it takes it out of this, like, etherical you know, uh, feeling that it's just people painting in a room somewhere. Right. You know, that yeah. We're yeah. Like, I got headphones on and just magic's right. happening. Right. No, we're like thinking about like, okay, if I look at how does that product sit in the shelf, you know, am I going to see it like dead on? Am I going to see it from the top? Dude. Once I open it, what's the experience that I'm having? Like, is there some cool little, 
you know, great example from a hundred years ago, something like Snapple, you know, you pop the cap and it's got, you know, it's got some saying or some riddle. It's just that little nice, mm-hmm. you know, cherry on top. Like how do we, you know, those hidden details. Yeah. Cause in the end we're, we're not only trying to make uh, the client happy, but we're trying to make their clients happy. Right. You know, and that's the end goal yeah. because that means more sales or more exposure or whatever. Right. And so, uh, we really, really focus on, that experience and problem solving to to you know to get and and so that it ends up being like a really cool job because like yeah. you, you know you take it serious you know yeah. like oh you know this is important you know once you dive into the psychology of of things when mm-hmm. you're designing mm-hmm. and you're planning that's when it it at the the job i'm at i got to do a little uh, user interface design for a little software a little demo software mm-hmm. and we had to come up with some icons and me and the software engineer we were talking and and it's like okay this icon is essentially a database mm-hmm. okay but what if i'm just someone who doesn't know what that is or why that exists right. or the function of that in relation right. to a computer what do i think that looks like yeah you need like a chimp to be able to come over yeah. and push that glowing yeah. button whatever it find is the settings find yep. the move forward but yep. you know and so i think some things are easy with directional arrows and everybody right. knows a setting cog but it's um the psychology of what's my purpose for clicking this or whatever and that's that's a lot of fun like mm-hmm. the psychology of color you know I love diving into that well and also like what's come before you and how to evolve that or utilize it how to draw uh, experience from other industries mm-hmm. so you know if we're designing for you know uh, we just rebranded Cyrus or Leary's Pies okay um I would have not been afraid at all to look at a well-designed Delta Airlines ticket and go, we're going to use like three of the elements off of this Okay. for that. Because yeah. like everybody can look at other pies and go, okay, like here's, you know, Marie Callender's, here's whoever, here's what everybody's doing. We'll just do something safe. I always like to, you know, as a group, we really like to look at like, okay, where else can we get inspiration that will apply to this? And so there's that, you know, that cog you were talking about. I mean, there were probably like nine different icons, and then that one shook out eventually to be the cog that everyone uses now, you know. But I think when it started, it was probably like, oh, it's a question mark. Or, you know, there was a bunch of different ones. Yeah. And then that became the thing. And so you got to kind of stand on that person's back a little bit on the shoulders of the people ahead of you. Yeah. And uh, and learn from them and and try to like make what they did better, you know. Yeah, yeah. Keep the trim the fat, keep the things that work, but at the same time, you can't. You don't want to get complacent and just leave things alone. You mm-hmm. want to try and find even the smallest details. If it's taking something away or adding it, we uh, taking away and adding. That's a really interesting point in the sense that like I, a lot of times when you know they'll the designers will bring me. Or we'll have a little group mm-hmm. like break out and go, okay, what do you got? Let's take a look. And a lot of my thought process is very much how do I, I come into it like, okay, how do I reduce this to the point uh, that we're still communicating the idea, but we're not over designing it? Okay. You know, because designers sometimes you'll get, especially when you're in your own little community mm-hmm. and you have a lot of autonomy you'll design for designers. Right. And so my job is to come in and go, okay, like here's where this has to work in the wild. 
you know, in the real world. Yeah. And, you know, to their credit, all of them will be like, oh, you're right. You know, like this needs to happen or whatever. But it is something that like, you know, you can get pretty far down a road, down a rabbit hole yeah. before you realize like, oh, like it just needs to stay open, you know, or, or, or whatever. <laughs> no, you're you right. Know. Yeah. Elegance. Like the definition of elegance is, is there's no frills. Right. And it's, and it's simple to accomplish the goal. And, but, um, that's what I've been trying to kind of think of is like, not, not everybody thinks of elegance as like smooth and like graceful and things like that. And it is, but it's also like absent of the extras right. and, and just, just doing things for the sake of doing them. Right. And I, and I've done that before too, where you're like, well, it's supposed to be like this. Right. And it's, you know, it's not your call. It's the end users or it's the clients right. and right. you got to. You gotta adapt. Well, That's and, awesome. And most people, it's funny, like most people can't design, but most, what I've found is that if you do a good job, most people can identify good design. Once you get them thinking that way, mm-hmm. you can bring it in front of a client and you give them a little spiel as to why you did it, and they're like, that makes sense. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, uh, I think in all the time we've been open, I probably have had like two clients where they didn't like at least one option okay you know and then we were back to the drawing board now we're panicked yeah you know? oh like, yeah like I, i'm out that was it <laughs> like i literally you know used every bullet in my gun you know yeah and so nothing left for you, now we've got you know so so many people up there that are all good at you know like it's like all right well you take a shot at it that's cool you know? that's like, cool yeah yeah that's and um and it's good to cultivate that that uh reliance like you can't Nobody can just do everything alone. No. And you gotta you gotta be able to step back and let go of your of what you're holding on to and take an outside perspective once in a while. Especially if you're stuck. I'm sure you've run into that when you're like, I can't solve this problem. Oh yeah. And somebody else looks at it for ten minutes and they're like, What about this? Yeah, two things on that. Like uh, I mean first you're right, like you have to be able to let go and I mean, I try my hardest to be the dumbest dude in the room all the time because mm-hmm. that means I'm around smart people. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, safe. yeah, like they know, you know, what's going on, and I have no ego in that. Great, whatever. Uh, and then you're right. Like it's like the best example I can think of is somebody will be like, "Hey, what's that song?" That, you know, and they try to like, you know, describe it to you, and you're like, "Ah, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue," and it's like. It's always on the drive home when you've, you've thought about it super hard and then you forget about it. And yeah. the minute you forget about it, it pops to the surface. Yep. Um, and that's a lot of times when we get stuck, um, you know, on something. It's like, all right, let's just put this down mm-hmm. and come back to it. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, because otherwise... You can, you'll get to the same point, but one like hurts <laughs> and, and one you find out that like, oh, we can just go get a cup of coffee and come back and probably see it with a different lens, yep. you yep. know, because um, your subconscious mind, your creative mind, it works in the background all the time, you know, whether you consciously are working on stuff or not. Yeah. There's a part of your brain that's always going, True. you know, and so I think when you, when you you turn off the conscious part and just walk away. Yeah. Then the background starts working on it. Nice. You know? That's and, a good. That's you know, a good lesson. It, yeah. It marinates. You know yes. a little bit. You know. Yes. Yeah. Seeing as how things have played out 
in your industry and everything, what would you have doubled down on or what would you have done differently? And I know you, you mentioned, you know, your failures, you embrace them and stuff like that. But Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apple. Yeah. I would have uh, took all the money I dumped into this and bought Bitcoin <laughs> like, and then waited it out. Yeah. Like, and just, just waited yeah, it and out. Just tell my wife like, hey. In five years, dude, I swear, <laughs> we're going to be rich. <laughs> five years of that conversation. Yeah. Just, no, just, hold on. If I could go back, uh, the, I would I would have a lot of like what we were talking about. I would have let go of control a lot sooner. I would have brought in and shared okay. a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to give away the keys to the kingdom like right out of the gate, you know, because no. you don't have anything. Um, but what I've found is if you can share and you can give people an opportunity and especially in this field where you know it's it, it it's competitive you know and you're trying to find your spot yeah and everybody you know and uh it's it's hard you know and so if you can give give some of that what you get back is somebody who's motivated to succeed as you are yep they'll work more than they would if you were just you know if they're just cl- punching a clock Mm -hmm. you know and they're thinking about things when they're at home Mm -hmm. you know and it becomes like an encompassing life thing it becomes a lifestyle yeah and so i think i probably would have maybe put those pieces together a little sooner Mm -hmm. and shared in that a little bit more because Mm -hmm. i i mean as soon as we started doing that we really see started to see our growth curve cool you know um people will stay late and will be watching tutorials on how to do stuff and trying to develop themselves yeah without any prompting from me that's know, or, awesome that's what you want man yeah I they're mean, self-starters now yeah and um that that like i was saying earlier that you don't want people afraid to learn and afraid to step outside of what they they know right and and say i don't know something and let's figure it out yeah i mean it, I'd love to say, like, oh, if I could go back in time, I would have started this earlier or I would have done things sooner. But, like, that meandering path has, you know, made us in the form we are now a very much a Swiss Army knife of, of design. Like, we, we can tackle very a lot of different problems where it, in a more direct route with no resistance, you wouldn't have had to build any muscle, you know, yeah. you would have just like, you was just like moonwalking <laughs> to the finish line, you yeah, know, and no you get problems. there and you're all jelly, you know, <laughs> like you have to kind of like forge that a little bit. And I'm not saying life has to be difficult, but it does that on its own. Yes. And yes. so like, if you can just be, you know, uh, positive through those experiences as much as possible, and come out the other side you find out that like oh you know like i'm in a way better spot than i would have been if that never happened mm-hmm. you know yeah typically oh, typically know. yeah for sure that's awesome um so what's the plan from here uh obviously you guys just got in here um in the building but what's what's the growth goals for you guys as far as propaganda is concerned i think what we're looking to do we're very very comfortable in in this kind of space that we're in in the sense that we work with uh northwest companies Mm -hmm. um you know good size but we we don't do a lot of national accounts um 
just because quite honestly we like taking care of the things around us yeah uh, this building is a testament to that like i mean this whole corner is t- completely different yeah and i know? remember what it was like before <laughs> right, that, right. dude. Yeah. it was rough yeah um and so if you we want to kind of continue along that path uh, 95 percent of our clients that we started with are still our clients very few have fallen off and if they have it wasn't they brought in somebody internal or they uh, didn't succeed right, you know right. and so uh, with that we've grown with them and so that's kind of our goal is to continue to kind of incubate those those companies that are mid-sized that want to take it to the next level nice. and grow with them because like look if if you double somebody's sales like they're not going anywhere yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're like, they're, they, like they will work with you forever, you know? And so if you can accomplish like making your customers successful, then you'll be successful. That's how we look at it. And so I think the goal is to keep, keep growing, uh, but at a rate that's sustainable and making sure like, I'd rather, rather than have a hundred people working with me, I'd rather have. 15 people that love their job and were well paid mm-hmm. you know oh yeah and, and grow it that way you know no, and then you're you don't have that turnover and you know right. it's uh it's expensive to bring people into the fold no matter what business you're in I mean, oh, training yeah. is is a nightmare all the time but yeah and i mean you gotta like even back like whether it was the bar whether it's this like i'm very like you know with the bar the first day somebody started I'd go in and clean the restroom and show it how it's done. I mean, like get on my hands and knees and clean like a bar toilet because then it's like, look, there's nothing that I, that I haven't done or that I wouldn't do that. I'm going to ask you to do, you know? And if, if, you know, uh, when I ran excavator, it'd be pouring down mud and rain and, you know, and I'd be digging a ditch and there's the guy that's down in the ditch, like guiding, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and digging. And I'd grab my shovel off. The, the excavator all the time and jump down into the ditch and do the hand shoveling with them where instead yeah. of just sitting there with the heater and letting yeah. it idle you can't do that you gotta no. be you gotta be there with them yeah and once they see that then it's like oh like you're like me we're we're all doing this together yeah and if you can do that like i mean the sky's the limit same thing here you know there's nothing that i mean other than like new things that are coming out that like now my role's changed mm-hmm. but there's very few things that i haven't had to do Mm-hmm. that they're going to do. Yeah. And so I'd say, yeah, I know that is a pain or I know here's a little trick or here's something that happened to me. Motivation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, something about like, you know, the, that, the world war two or world war one, like trench with all the people like laying in there, like smoking cigarettes together. It's kind of like we're all in this together. I mean, yeah. what we're doing and in this scenario, it doesn't suck, but like when things get hard, <laughs> You know, <laughs> when things get hard, you're like, dude, are you comparing your business to World War One? <laughs> no, that caught me completely off guard. They cracked me up. Uh, so, you know, when things get hard and you got those deadlines, you're working late. When everybody knows, like, we're all in this together. Like, yes. at the end of this, we can have a beer, yes. you know, or we can do whatever. Um, I'm gonna touch on this real quick. This is a little more of a of a personal project of yours. Clergy Farms, though. Yeah, what's, yeah. What's that? All right, so I grew up, you know, more hands-on. I grew up kind of, 
you know, went into like construction, worked a lot, you know, with landscaping and excavating and, you know, being in the dirt. Yeah. Um, and just, I don't get a lot of that in what I do today in the sense that, you know, what I do is uh, very clean and refined and there's not much of an outlet to go and break a sweat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all, we all are kind of guilty of this when we get, you know, a career is mm-hmm. like, you kind of run that gerbil wheel and then you go and you hit a treadmill to try to like get back to who you are, you mm-hmm. know, as a human being, as this, you know, this, uh, the, this meat suit that yeah. you're wearing, you know? Yeah. And so for me, I set out maybe, I think it's been like three years now. Um, and kind of like laid out a plan to my wife. We're like, okay, we're going to buy a house and it's not going to be the biggest house, you know, because this is what we can afford mm-hmm. and we're going to buy some land and let's, I want in the next like five or six years, I want like 80% of our food to come from the, this square patch that we're living on. And so we set out to do it. Um, and right now we're on our way you know we've got the land we got the the house we live there huge garden and uh, you know are giving our kids kind of the the lifestyle of like hey they can go and just run and be free it's amazing you know and uh because that's shrinking you know like at least in my opinion like you know i mean everything's more urban and those experiences where they just get a go and run through a wheat field or whatever, like that's that they'll remember that for the rest of their life. You know, they can go play in the dirt or whatever. So anyways, it was kind of like a, a lifestyle change for me. And I mean, I just wanted to see, okay, look, it's clearly health, more healthy to eat food that you've grown. If you do it right. Right. Like, you know? Um, and so to pull a carrot out of the ground and have a bite of it, like I wanted to check that out, you know. Yeah, for sure. And so it's more of a hobby, and I think like my kind of my retirement plan is to like, yes, you know, yeah, get it to the point where it self sustains, and you know, we can just kind of do that, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but you know, it's like anything, you know. I just keep working at it. Yeah, and bit you know, by bit. Yeah, and and life has a way of like happening super fast when you're in the middle, when you're busy, you know, and yeah. like all this stuff, you know, propaganda, basement, the farm, you know. I look up a lot of times, and five years has gone by, you know, and you're like, oh, like, well, if I wouldn't have done anything because I was like, oh, it's not the right, I don't have all the things, or I don't mm-hmm. have all the money, or I don't have all the time yet. It's like that 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 hour a night adds up yes you know i mean it's 365 hours a year yeah. it's, you know it, it goes like you start to like gain momentum and it also gets easier because you're further down the road and so you look up in five years you're like oh wow like we did this yeah. you know um and that's kind of where i'm at with propaganda i'm not there with the farm yet yeah i'm like uh, i grew 500 cucumbers too many <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm like giving we're away cucumbers yeah just we're like rich in zucchini you know <laughs> i'm like giving them to every neighbor from right. you know my place to you know to town 
just a box of them on the side of <laughs> yeah, the street. Yeah, like, here you go, here you go. Like, I wish I could turn these things into money. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. What um what else would you like to grow there? Would you ever have livestock out there? Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to get, um, you know, get like some, get some grass-fed cows going. Nice. You know, um, I'd like to have, even though they're terrible pets, I'd like to have a couple of those little goats because they're just hilarious. Oh, yeah, I love those things, yeah. man. Yeah, they're but, they're, so but they're terrible. Like, you'll just come home and if you have a nice car, they'll just be like standing on the road, <laughs> like staring at just you. Crack, crack, yeah, crack. they don't. Yeah, they got them little sharp scratching hoofs. Yeah, dude. Uh, but they, they, you know, that would be cool. Uh, for my daughter, I thought, like, next year, I'll probably, or around Easter, start doing rabbits, because that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, we already have chickens. Nice. And uh, that's rad, because, like, those eggs, like, the yolks are, like, neon orange. Like, yeah. they just go... Glowing. Yeah, like, before we had the chickens, it was really interesting... We we have two German shepherds that I brought out there because I'd be out working, and then later I'd hear that like there was a bear, you know, that the neighbor cherished off. What? And you know, I'm out there with like headphones on. Oh yeah. Stuff. I would Just never hear. <laughs> I, would, I would never hear it coming. If yeah. it, you know, if it attacked me. So I got the two dogs, and now they're my pals. You know, they walk around with me, Murph and Molly. That's awesome. And they bomb around with me, and like the first year we had them before we had the chickens. You know, they would get, because we're out in the wheat fields, they get ticks and all this stuff. Now, like those chickens, man, they're savages. They go around, they clean every insect within a mile of that place. That's cool. mile, an acre. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, they do that. They rodent control. Like, I was blown away. I watched, like, I watched them chase down a mouse. Dude, that's crazy because the cat's supposed to handle all that stuff. <laughs> right, but right. They're little dinosaurs. That's awesome. Yeah, and then the eggs, I mean, that's like super awesome bonus. Yes. You know? Yeah. What's really cool is it's created this interesting little ecosystem because we have owls, coyotes, bears, all this stuff right. out there. Yeah, you're out there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, those chickens, they're not going to last in that environment. But the dogs... So the chickens lay eggs. They're free range, so they lay eggs wherever they want. They don't necessarily just lay them where you want them to lay them. <laughs> so sometimes it's like an Easter egg hunt. Well, the dogs love the eggs, so the dogs won't. They won't attack the chickens, but they'll follow the chickens around all day and they'll eat the eggs as yeah. they drop them. Yeah. And so like they've got like this these guards that they don't even really. Their food sources. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's yeah. touching the, these. The dogs have like you know you come home and they're like it's night and like you drive up the driveway. And your lights hit the dog, and they're just completely shiny. And you're like, man, you guys got great fur. It's because they just eat eggs all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's just perfect condition. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so they, they've kind of got this own, like, the owls stay away, the coyotes stay away. They've got their own little ecosystem, and it's just like all they have to do is pay tribute and eggs to be protected. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of like... They're good. Yeah, the dogs are like mob bosses, like, you know, like, <laughs> all right, I need a little now. piece of the yeah. action, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And they're good with the good with the kiddos, right? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like I you know, it's weird. Most people, you know, I, I grew up with labs mm -hmm. and then I've always kind of wanted a German Shepherd because they were just they're smart dogs. Yeah. And I never really considered how many people are scared of German Shepherds. I mean, you know, all you see is like people being hosed down with fire hoses and German shepherds attacking <laughs> them. You know, that, yeah. like that's every famous image. Yes. You know, uh, other than like you know Rin Tin Tin, the one out of a hundred, right? Good was, one. Yeah, who <laughs> was nice. And he's not an attack dog. Every right? person on the planet, dude, they're the best. Like that's they're awesome. they're they're well tempered. They're 
super hardy. Um, you know, they don't, you know, they're, they're not hurt all the time. You know, they don't have problems all the time. Yeah. And they, uh, the, with the kids, it's, it's really interesting. Like they just kind of think from, from what I can tell, they kind of think the kid is just part of their little tribe, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's Mm -hmm. part of their pack. Yeah. And so they kind of just hang out in the periphery. And, um, as Kennedy, my daughter's gotten older now, she interacts with them and pets them and, Mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, and so now they, they come up to her and hang out, but before they just kind of hung out, you know, they didn't, it was like, whatever. Yeah. So they're great. Yeah. We've had, um, other people come over, you know, with their kids and it's never been a problem. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. We, um, we have a large field behind our house and mm-hmm. I'd love to get a dog, but mm-hmm. I'm just not quite there yet. Well, I think a big, uh, this should be said. So I have 14 acres, right? Mm-hmm. So look, if you get a German shepherd and you put them in your like backyard, that's like 50 feet by 20 feet or whatever. Yeah. You're probably going to have some issues. Yeah, like they're, they're meant to like bomb around and run. Yeah. You know? They got a They got a domain. Yeah. Like checking on. Yeah. Every jogger that goes by, they're going to be like, light. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. What's up? What's up? What's yeah. Up? These guys run until they can't run anymore and so like i think that mellows their temperament yeah a lot you know yeah um good for them yeah i could probably have tigers yeah <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they'd be fine Dude, you know? like, that's awesome so we've got our resources section this is this is a really important section of the podcast that i like to get uh the guest involved and jason's got some stuff he's going to share with you you know, it's easy to take yourself in business super serious or in your design super serious. So, like, I feel like comedy is super important. Okay. Um, I definitely, I have probably five or six different podcasts that are comedians, you know, mm-hmm. that I think are great. Um, but also just, you know, straight up like Spotify or whatever, Bill Burr. It'll start feeding you comics and doing stand-up. And, like, that's such a great way to like not take yourself so seriously and i'll tell you that like they have some of the most clever analogies and the and and they're the way that those guys write and the way that their minds work Mm -hmm. is very much like a creative Mm -hmm. and so i I found a lot of inspiration from that like just simply um just because that especially the ones that are good not you know that you can tell they write a lot and they do a lot of different sets. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that to be really, really interesting. I read a lot. Um, I probably read, and I read a lot of different stuff. Whatever interests me, I just pick up. Mm-hmm. And so um, probably less so than I did when I was younger, just because I'm a little busier. Um, but I probably read maybe three hours a week, and I'll read everything from... I just got done reading Mark Twain's autobiography. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is another kind of comedy almost in the sense that yeah. like, you know, that dude, you know, his turn of phrase and the way that he, you know, would, would write was incredible, but also I, I mostly anymore. Um, if I'm not at work, I'm reading some sort of fiction. Um, okay. I started working my way back through classics that I read when I was young that okay. I did not get. So yeah separate piece to kill a mockingbird okay uh hemingway yep you know there's a lot of different because what you find is like oh this all this literature and a lot of people may know this but it came to me late in life the way that that writing is done is like it's its own painting you know it's its own art and Mm -hmm. so it's really cool to go in there and then kind of dive into it and appreciate it 
And so I've started to kind of get more into that. And plus that's, you know, what we were talking about earlier, being able to turn off something and then the solution pops up. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when I'm reading or doing something that's totally different than what I do, that's when my best stuff comes up. And so, you know, I use Evernote as uh, as an app. Uh, I also just use the simple Apple checklist notes. They're getting a lot better with their stuff. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, uh, when those ideas pop up, you know, I might take a minute and write down a couple things. So I always kind of have something yep. next to me. Uh, I spend, you know, probably five or ten minutes before I go to bed making sure, like, kind of like, oh, I hit these things and I want to hit these things tomorrow as far as, like, stuff I'd like to do. Yeah. And it, it seems like, wow, you do, like, a checklist every night. Like, that seems, like, super regiment. But, like, once you get in... You realize, like, I'm improving my life, and this yeah. is just like You're a, seeing those this is just something I do. Like, you know, yeah, um, it just becomes another thing you do. Like, yeah. You know, like yeah, breathe, eat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I uh, design blog. Um, okay. I really, I really, excuse me, design inspiration blog. Uh, I think it's just if you go uh, design inspiration. And Google it. Yeah. It'll come up. It's yeah. a top hit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, again, I may be preaching to the choir. A lot of people know about these things, but I really like to like go in there and try to find stuff that I'm not looking for. Yeah. You know, like just type in the word orange and just see what comes up because you'll find like, you know, contextually, you'll be viewing them through a different lens than probably the person who created it or someone else that's going to look at it. And mm-hmm. so if you have a problem you're trying to solve again with design and then you're rolling through, sometimes you'll see something that's like has nothing to do with what uh, the same category, but you'll find a piece of it that you can use and, or that you can take inspiration from. Kind of like that Delta Airlines. Exactly. Yeah. About. I don't yeah. know why I use Delta Airlines. No, I think cool. I, they might have cool tickets. I might have looked at them <laughs> once and been like, man, these are really designed well. That's funny. But, but most, I think why is because most airline tickets, like I can never find the gate. Yeah. I can never find my seat because they're yeah. just terribly designed. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, I mean, they're just like the worst. But anyway, you know, I think another, it's funny because... It's like, well, I'm given resources, but I think if, if people have intention and they they uh, put their mind to what they want to do and, and kind of get out of their own way, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we're in a place right now where we, I feel we live in the best time that humans have ever lived that we know of. Yeah. And we have, if you have access to the internet, you have good or bad, you have information about everything in the world, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... You can pick a thing, you know, and just go, yeah, yeah, go as deep as you want. And that was never, I mean, you know, I, I'm one of the last, my generation's the last generation that lived without the internet mm-hmm. and what from no internet to now you can't imagine living without it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's a miracle, this thing to people like me, you know, um, so I'm 43 so that was kind of like, I'm a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. you know, so I kind of wasn't like, I, I was coming of age as the internet was starting, you know, yeah. and so, or at least prolific for everyone. Yeah. Um. So to me, that's like the resource, you know, it's like, well, what you got like the, the, all the information ever known by man, like Just, in your hand, yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, our, sorry to interrupt you, but our kids, they're going to grow up with oh. a voice activated AI assistant. 
They're going to grow. Hayden's already like, hey, Siri, call my dad. Yeah. And it's just. My daughter runs up to like Alexa Mm -hmm. and like she, (laughs) she's three. She's testing her boundaries, you know. And if she didn't like something I did, the other day she ran up because she goes, Alexa, three minute timer for dad, timeout. Because we use (laughs) we use Alexa to like put her on timeout. Like, all right, you got to sit there. And like when Alexa beeps, you can, you know, and so now she's like, like at three, man, she's running up and using it, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, we can't even conceive, like, I mean, it's some weird, you know, statistic that like in the last 50 years, there's been more change than the, the predecessing thousand, (laughs) you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, Like, oh, cool, you invented a better gun, you know, or, yeah. oh, cool, you, you got a better, like, ballpoint pen. But, like, we're, like, you know, we're, like, taking atoms and, like, crashing them into each other at the speed of light and a tetron collider or whatever, you know. Right. I mean, we're doing things. We're, like, building universes in a tube. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, it's looking just, for God particles. And it doubles, yeah, and it doubles every whatever, you know, whatever Moore's Law is. I think it's, like, at one point it was, like, 16 months. Every 60, every year and a half. Dude, yeah. I've, it, everything doubles. Yeah, that's yeah. I, that's kind of along the lines of that. This book I'm reading it was saying um, information every essentially every three years the information is new and what you what was a, what was fact three years ago has probably been right probably been redone now. Yeah, re- what's really well? I think uh, I've thought about this a lot, and it's like you know we. It used to be information travels so much faster that, you know, this empire that we're in is just rising super fast. You know, like you think of like a Roman empire and how long it was around. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are we've gone through all of that, but in such a short period of time, you know, and we've accomplished all these things, you know, we've been to the moon. I mean, just think of the last 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's insane insane. how different, you know, uh, it is. And so I think, yeah, it's been, it's a really interesting time to live because it's, I can't, you can't even conceive what's coming down the pipeline because I didn't think we were going to be here. Right. You know, like, yeah. oh, I can just like ask something and it'll tell me any answer. Right. It's like, like I have a genie. No kidding. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I remember when the iPhone first came out um, and uh, they were like, jobs are still around and you could tell his direction, like the vision for the way everything was supposed to work together. And they do a good job of like, you know, all my information's on, on the same stuff and in my buy a movie here i can stream it wherever and and um but to see it pulled off to see like oh i can start my car from my phone or eventually when our kids drive i'll be able to control their car from my phone probably oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's and it's it's all the home kit stuff um you know where you're setting scenes for your house and like <laughs> right there's all it's it you saw it coming like back in the 
0608 or whatever, kind of. Yeah, like Bill Gates. Yeah, but you never had faith that they were going to pull it off successfully. Right, right. like, oh, that's cool if you got $100 million in the bank. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, you didn't think it was going to be, like, every home. Right. You can walk in and be, like, dim the lights, like Star Trek or something. It just dims the lights in the house, yeah. Yeah, or you're you're ordering food without even doing anything except yelling at your AI assistant. I guess that's become a real problem over in Seattle uh, because they got all the Amazon people there and okay. they're very very used to like amazon fresh amazon and so uh, a lot of the at least in those residential areas where the where the amazon employees live okay it, all the street level retails dried up because no one leaves their house Ooh. like you can just have it delivered you know yeah um, i don't know if that's true but, but uh, you know i i kind of see and maybe you maybe you agree with this i kind of see a trend kind of back towards the brick and mortar a little sure. bit when something's the norm whatever isn't that yeah. is like the challenge for somebody who's young okay it's like okay like you know everything's sold online well i'm gonna open up a shop you know because uh, i same with like like for instance like if you want to grow your own food it's only because you you have the luxury of commercial food right and you're not starving to death trying to figure out how to grow food that you you have this like place where you can go i want to grow my own food you yeah. know like uh, 50 years ago, like, I just want to eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or 100 like, I years have ago. have to grow my yeah, own food. Yeah, like that is part of everybody had a backyard garden, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, Just sure. part of survival, you yes. know. Um, you know, the natural pendulum kind of swinging back and forth, that's how it happens in the sense that, you know, there's the, the standard that we've built. And then there's that cool thing that isn't that, you know, mm-hmm. that's the opposite. And, and it still so it works somehow. Yeah, and so then the next generation, I'm not going to be like my dad. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and like doing everything uh, different. Right, right. And then you just end up being like, um, a, I'm a, my dad, a clone of them later because they did the same thing. Yeah, but it's but that that pendulum swings back and forth. I think the only difference now is that because information goes so fa- mm-hmm. quickly, that it swings much faster. I uh, one thing I do is I I'll go on like Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, like um. Instagram's feed and I just literally go search designers like mm-hmm. I go search my interests mm-hmm. and then it's like the coolest thing because it doesn't have I pretty much moved all of my social media and and I do this for a living mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the you know the guy who makes cabinets, he go over to his house, man, and they're not finished. Yes. You know, like he just yes. gets home and he's like, "No, the I auto mechanic, want, I don't want to deal." <laughs> right, dude. Yeah. They're all in the yard. You know, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's exactly that in the sense that I've just kind of consolidated everything to Instagram, me personally. Yeah, uh, for one, because there's just less. You know, I like I was I, I think my like goodbye on Facebook where I told everybody, "Hey, I'm headed to Instagram," was like I kind of like. My social media, like I like my bars, you know, where you're you're not talking about religion, you're mm-hmm. not talking about politics. Mm-hmm. We're just there, like sharing like, interests and yes. interests, yes. yeah, and and creativity. Yes. And so uh, I go and I will. I'll follow. I'll follow designers, photographers, anybody who like you know just search, mm-hmm. you know, and and I start following them and I bring them into my feed and mm-hmm. and follow and pay attention, comment 
critique. Yeah. Get in conversations. Uh, yeah, people are more than willing to respond to you on Instagram. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, this you know I'll, I'll follow somebody. In my mind, I'm, this person's you know fairly a celebrity. I mean you know or whatever, and they'll interact with you or whatever their their assistant might. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it too is just like, you know, some of my favorite feeds are like people that have. You know, they follow 500 people. They have 300 followers, yeah. you know, but they make shoes. <laughs> yeah, and it's just yeah. like, that is so cool. I mean, yeah. you know, not to be all Daniel Day-Lewis, but I mean, <laughs> like interesting things, you know. Oh, yeah. And so I follow my interests, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I follow, uh, I like looking at custom-built motorcycles on Instagram. Yeah. And that's just, just to look at yeah. the way people fabricate that stuff. It's it's incredible. It's, it's an art form, yeah. you know, and, yeah. it, and it's an expression of creativity. And the influence, you know, to see what they're trying to they're trying to say or what they're drawing inspiration from. I like seeing that, too. Cause yep, yep. And I, I think the same goes for, like, Dribble or Behance or any of those. Like, mm-hmm. you can follow designers and be like, oh, I like their style. Mm-hmm. Or... I don't I don't get their style, but I know like there's something cool about it yeah. that I haven't seen. Yeah, and you can watch the other. The nice thing about that is like you can watch the progression of growth with somebody like that too. You know, it gives you a timeline of somebody's like actual learning curve. You yeah, know? and you can kind of watch how they've developed over time, and and so that stuff's super interesting to me, both from like a motivational like, hey, look, there's a guy. I think it's like Beeple something on people on if you if you type that into instagram it's a guy that literally is like i'm gonna do uh, a design a day for every day and i'm just gonna post it and he started doing it and when he started it was stickman i mean it was bad yeah and now i mean it's stuff that's surpassed way surpassed my talent level you know what i mean but you get to see you can go back that's awesome you know and you get it's super encouraging you know it is unless that guy was a savant and like tricked us all (laughs) yeah started with the stick man and every day (laughs) added some hair yeah gave it to his nephew and was like make something (laughs) right right but i you know if it if it if it's true or not, if you believe it, yeah, you know, then you're like, oh, that's it, it, it's the same experience, dude, for sure. That scene that you know, this person didn't fall into this Instagram account with this magnificent art piece, right? <laughs> you know, right? Um, and you get to like see something go gr- grow from the ground up. That's cool. That's awesome, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This was amazing. This was so much fun. Thanks, I had a great time. Yeah, we got to do this again, for sure. <laughs> for sure, I want to come back like episode 50. Yeah, exactly. You know, be like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, hopefully by then we'll have uh, we'll have more than one microphone. <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah like this worked that. all right. I hope everybody can, everybody heard it well. Um, before we leave, get, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect. Yeah, so for the company, uh, nwpropaganda.com, that would be the the web address and if right there you can email me like I mean, yep. we're pretty we're still pretty yeah you know approachable <laughs> yeah <for sure. laughs> like you can just like call appointments me only <laughs> yeah yeah just call and ask for Jason yeah <laughs> um and uh, you know you can follow I'm Jay Clergit on Instagram and mm-hmm. propaganda is NW propaganda on Instagram we have Facebook too which mm-hmm. is you can search you know, propaganda. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the best ways. If you're in Spokane, drop me an email and you can stop by the office and check it out. You yeah. know, it's pretty fun. It's yeah. kind of a neat 
it's a neat spot. Um, the transformation that we kind of achieved here was cool. Yes, especially yeah. for the area. It's a, we really like we really underestimated how much it would improve the productivity of the people that work here. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's as cool as anyone's living room, right? Yeah. So, like, oh yeah. If you're young and you don't have kids and you're you know you just you don't have anything to do, it's like I'd much rather like sit here in front of a huge Mac. And watch three TVs and have a beer. Yes. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And so yes. you end up with people hanging out and, and uh, you know, designing on kind of all hours. You know? Yes. I get a little alert every time somebody comes and goes, like sets the alarm. I get an alert on my phone oh, cool. and lets me know. And there's people come in at 10 at night yeah. on a Saturday and they're like here for two hours. Then they bomb out and set the alarm. And so it's really cool to see. Like That's people awesome. love it, you know. That's, yeah, you made, you made a place where everybody feels comfortable enough to do that. Yeah, know? I mean, and, and just like I was saying, I mean, if you're in Spokane, which I mean, you know, depending on the reach of this, and most people are, Yep. you know, right now in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so swing in. Like, we're happy to, like, talk yeah. to you and whatever. Yeah, I know you guys are great. Just super, super friendly. Jason walked me around and introduced me to everybody and couldn't imagine a happier and more friendly group of people. So I'm, I'm sure we have our moments, too. But, you know, now yeah. we're a family. I mean, we've... I think the newest guy is a year old, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, everybody yeah. else has been here. Kind of broken in. And they were here during the, the hardest part of a growth curve where you okay. go from, like, one person to seven people, you know? Yeah. Like, how do you... And how do you divide up the responsibility and how to, and who's doing what? Yeah. And, like, you know, I'm, like, paying taxes still while I'm trying to design... You know what I mean? And, like, now, like, my role, like, we have, like, kind of administration functions and we have things. But at one point, we were all just, like, you know, that dude on the corner with, like, he's got, like, the xylophone and the guitar (laughs) and, like, the harmonica. And he's, like, trying to do everything. Right. You know, you're, like, answering the phone and doing, you know. And so now, like, you know, we all have our roles. And so everybody can kind of... That's awesome. Yeah, focus, zero in on what they're they're working on. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I I can see nothing but success for you guys. You guys are amazing, creative firm, super inspiring, and everybody, follow them, check them out. If you're in Spokane, come by. I want to thank everybody who has who has helped me up to this point. This is the second episode. I'm at a point now where I'm just trying to find guests and and to line them up. But that doesn't mean that I'm not getting a ton of help. And so everybody out there who's been sharing and who's been providing feedback and listening thank you thank you thank you thank you we're gonna have another episode recording friday evening and then hopefully i'll get a couple more next week so jason again thank you man yeah, thanks for having me this has been great awesome everybody go subscribe and follow both north northwest propaganda and amalgam podcast on instagram take care everybody thanks a lot <laughs>